Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Wrestling and More's Ring Rope Roundup, another classic pay-per-view review. Now this one is a little bit different because I am joined today by Adam Youssef. How are you doing, Adam? Not bad, Rob. Thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. It's a pleasure. Now obviously with Adam being quite new to Wrestling and More, I decided that it was right, polite to say that he could have the first choice of what we'd review. And what do you choose, Adam, and why? Uh, the latest WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33, just because I thought it was a um, well, it was a great show, but ups and downs, mixed emotions, so I thought it's a, it's a good one to talk about. Yeah, it's a very good one. I mean, it was the first one that I've stopped up and watched live. Um, mm-hmm. There was some excellent storylines building into it, but watching it back, you realise just how raw-heavy the show was. Yeah. There were so many storylines from Raw that kind of interweave throughout WrestleMania. And when you consider the main SmackDown stories were AJ Styles versus Shane mm-hmm. and Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, there yeah. wasn't a lot else really apart from that god-awful Miz and uh, Miz John Cena and Nikki Bella and Maurice storyline, which <laughs> I didn't enjoy. I remember hating it before when I watched it live and... God, I hated it. Uh, I hated it even more when I watched it the second time around. But yeah, it was very more reality based, wasn't it? I suppose. Yeah, it was. I mm. just found that. Well, we'll talk about that soon when we get into it. Uh, before I uh, get carried away with how much I despise the match. <laughs> but yes, we're looking at WrestleMania 33 from the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. It took place on April the second. We're going to start with the pre-show, and we're going to start with. Neville versus Austin Aries, which was for the Cruiserweight Championship. I thought these were extremely unlucky to be bumped to the pre-show, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I mean, I thought, excellent match, really, really good match. These were, and, you know, compared to the Cruiserweights now, the Cruiserweights are fantastic, but I would say these two are up there with the best Cruiserweights or light heavyweights in the world, wrestling in the world today. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I thought I thought both men in the match especially, I thought they really kind of fired off their biggest moves. Um I mean I mean they kind of put it all on the line really, I think, on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Neville was in control for the vast majority the, the sorry, the majority of it. And mm. um but Austin Aries Neville made Austin Aries look very, very good. Um yeah. I mean I will still say that Neville's red arrow is a thing of beauty. It really is. Yeah and, yeah, and he always hits it so perfectly. I don't know how he manages it. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He is an, yeah. He's just an outstanding competitor, and especially after his heel turn and he stopped using it, he started using the rings of Saturn a lot more, that submission move, um, mm. to see him break out the red arrow. It really did. It bigged up Austin Aries because he couldn't beat him in any other way apart from hitting him with that red arrow. Um, yes. Obviously, Austin, um, Neville won. After the Red Arrow, he retained the championship. It's sad now to look back and think that both of these wrestlers are no longer with the company. Yeah, especially Justin Aries. I mean, he left pretty much soon after this, didn't he? It was about a month after Mania, wasn't it? I think he departed. He had his rematch. Did he have his rematch at Extreme Rules? He did, yeah. 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 Which obviously didn't go anywhere. But yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. But I, I totally agree with you with Neville. I think when he turned heel especially, he's he's just been fantastic. He's flourished in that role, definitely. Yeah, there was an interview with Chris Jericho actually not so long ago, and he said about how Neville was a fantastic competitor. You know, as soon as he stepped into a WWE ring, he was a fantastic competitor. And after mm. this heel turn, it felt like he was relevant again, which you know is sad because Neville has always been a fantastic wrestler. He's always you know been able to break out the big moves. He's always been able to kind of take it to the next level. 
but he was mm-hmm. never really appreciated. And even after his heel turn, which was, you know, absolutely lauded by everyone, everyone loved it. You know, mm-hmm. the WWE never seemed to be willing to push him to the next level because in my eyes, Neville was ready for, you know, a main roster. He was ready for, you know, an Intercontinental Championship program or even the US title. Yeah, um, agree, definitely. It's just a shame. It's just a shame. But a really, really good match, an excellent way to start the pre-show. It was. Um, so what was next, Adam? So next there was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, um, which <laughs> it was It was an interesting one, put it that way. I mean, the way they introduced the match with you know Big Show and Strowman getting their own entrances, and you would have thought, right, this is going to be the, the match that we're going to see these two really go for it and collide and see what Strowman's really made of. Um, I, I thought it was a wasted opportunity there. I thought, you know, Mojo Riley winning it, and you know, this what, what was the celebrity's name? It was Rob something, wasn't it? I've, I've uh, Rob Gronkowski, tight end for the uh, for the Patriots. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was just silly. I'm I, I'm never a fan of having the celebrities getting involved physically in a match. I never think it really works. But yeah, I, I thought the beginning was great when Strowman and Big Show were in there, and their potential collision looked brilliant. The crowd were behind it, but then I thought when they were both eliminated, I thought it was just all a bit flat, personally. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, this Andre the Giant Battle Royal was um, was kind of people thought it was going to be the biggest one yet. You know, mm. you've got the likes of Strowman being pushed to the moon. You've got the likes of the Big Show. You've got the likes of Sami Zayn in there. Mm. People thought it was it was almost nailed on. It was almost the lock of the night that Strowman would walk away with this, use that momentum to go forward. Um, mm. When he was eliminated, everyone thought, okay, well, Sami Zayn. You know, give it to Sami Zayn, give him that push, and you know, we should have known better because it's the WWE and they don't like pushing Sami Zayn. So <laughs> we were left with the final two, who we had Jobber Mahal and Mojo Rawley. Um, and as you said, they use this as a shameless plug for another celebrity, Rob Gronkowski, who came into the crowd, shoulder tackled Jinder Mahal, and then mm. Rawley dumped him out and has capitalised on that momentum. Um, he says sarcastically. <laughs> because Rawley has done absolutely nothing since. So what on earth the WWE thought they were doing by giving the win to Mojo? I've got absolutely no idea. I suppose it makes you realise now, though, why they had Jinder Mahal in the final two. Obviously, at the time, it was you know Jinder Mahal, but I think now, especially as he's champion, they were probably trying to give him, give him a little bit of a push there as well, give him some momentum. But, yeah, still still not, not my biggest, you know, definite, I think definitely in terms of the whole card, that was definitely bottom for me. Yeah, I must admit it was near the bottom for me, and it was it was one that since they've introduced it, I've never been a massive fan of it. Mm. Um, I thought it was excellent that Cesaro won it, and yes, Baron Corbin won it, but I don't feel like they capitalised on. You know, I feel like it's a big momentum push for whoever wins it, and the yeah. WWE never seem to capitalise on that at all, do they? Really, which is quite it's quite mm. an odd one, really. Um, yeah. Another random thing: Killian Dane from NXT was in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just, just you know, standing about, not really doing a lot. Bearing in mind he had takeover the night before, um, just just standing about. Had quite a good <laughs> showing as well. I think he was was he eliminated third from last. Or fourth in the from final last? three. Yeah, yeah. Final three. Yeah. And, and, and where is he now? Well, that is true. He's with Sanity NXT still. But <laughs> exactly. oh, yeah, it's it's just it's mind boggling what they've uh, what they've done. Following that, we had the Intercontinental Championship match, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. I thought these were extremely unlucky to be knocked to the pre-show as well. Um, But to be honest, 
the match that we got, in my opinion, was very by the numbers. Very, yeah. very, very plodding. Um, recently, we've seen, obviously, in the Shield reunion, we've seen Dean Ambrose kind of reinvigorated. Um, he seems a lot more intense. We seem to have moved away from the slapstick comedy Dean Ambrose, which I know a lot of diehard fans hated. You know, the hot dog cart, spraying people mm. with mustard. You know, and yet still calling him the lunatic fringe, which didn't really fit for me. But you know, definitely. The ma- definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I mean to, to be honest, I think the whole match just lacked energy. To be honest with you, the whole thing it was all a bit flat. I mean, the crowd were never really into it either, so that kind of lacked the atmosphere. I think kind of the whole kind of story of Ambrose gutting it through the match with the injured injured ribs though, and then landing his home run shot. I thought that was a good direction, but it just yeah. never really clicked. If you know what I mean. I did like the way that they portrayed Corbin as quite arrogant. Yes. You know, just to, yeah. just at the end. That was a nice storyline point. Um, but mm. up to this point, I mean, the feud had been really good. You know, I was quite looking forward to it. Um, you know, they'd had the spot with the forklift where Baron Corbin had tried to commit legitimate murder on <laughs> Dean Ambrose, um, which, yes, you know, really. certainly added a lot to it. But then... It like you say, it lacked intensity, and you know when the when the feud has gone that far, and you're on the biggest stage of them all, you'd expect more from the two of them. And Ambrose's title reign, and it did continue after this because um, Dean Ambrose won after a Dirty Deeds. Mm. When you consider that his title run continued to be quite boring and quite bland, it seems strange that they didn't put the title on Corbin here. Yeah, this could have been his time. I mean, it's funny with Ambrose. I think every title that he's held, he's never really been overly entertaining with it. Even when he had the WWE Championship, I thought I think all of his title runs have been pretty flat. I think the best one he's had is when he's with Seth Rollins as part of the Shield at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, it w- wasn't a great match again, in my opinion. No, and they actually had a rematch, I believe, on SmackDown. Was it? It was literally two nights after, and that was a much better match because I think that yeah. was a street fight, wasn't it? It was, it was. And yeah, it was yeah, such was actually, a better fight. I was actually there for that one. That was a good, it was a much better really? atmosphere. It was brilliant. Yeah, it, it felt watching it at home, so I wasn't as lucky as you, clearly. Um, but it seemed like a much better fight. It seemed like both competitors were a little more motivated, whether they were just annoyed that they'd been bumped to the pre-show or mm. whether it was just a case of they hadn't been given enough to kind of go with. I don't know. It lasted 11 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, they... They got a good, fairly good chunk of time, not as long as the cruiserweights, but even so. Mm. Finally, we move on to the net, on to the main card. The first match, Adam. What was it? So it was Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. It was indeed. Um, how? What do you think about this match? Um, I thought I didn't think. I mean, going into it, I wasn't really expecting a lot because you know it's a one-on-one match with no stipulation, and Shane McMahon really flourishes in those cell matches and the big spots, but. I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. I actually thought it was good. I mean, I thought that the, the kind of I thought Shane did a lot better in the ring than I was expecting. I thought AJ Styles obviously carried a lot of it when Shane started bringing out the big spots like the coast to coast and things like that that he normally does. That always adds energy to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was pretty good to be fair. In my opinion, yeah. In my opinion, I thought it was a lot better than it had any right to be. Mm. Um, I will say to everyone that Shane McMahon should not be in a wrestling match because he's not a wrestler. Yes. And especially when he's taking up main event spots in pay-per-views, he just he shouldn't be there. And I understand the WWE feel he's an excellent draw. I I disagree. Um, mm. 
you know, that's just me being a smarky fan, though, I suppose. Mm. But in this match, he proved me wrong. I mean, I know he was in the ring with AJ Styles, which always helps, always. Yeah. Um, but this, and I think the lack of a massive spot really helped. Mm, yeah. You know, you hadn't got him jumping off the time, John, you hadn't got him jumping off the cell. It was, you know, it was a really, really good match. There was a couple of things I noticed. One minute in, and it was, I think it was... 53 seconds in, Shane was sweating like a pig. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was absolutely sweating. And this was at the point that JBL said, this man is in peak physical condition. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's my favourite Shane match by far, like I said, because of you know he concentrated on actual wrestling. There was some really, really good reversals as well. There was an excellent spot where uh, Styles tried the springboard 450 and Shane reversed it into a triangle chokehold. Uh, which was then reversed in turn into a one-armed Styles clash. thought that was really, really good chain wrestling. Yeah. Um, and it turned into a really, really good match. I I'll mean, tell you got... what, though. I wasn't happy with Shane McMahon kicking out of that, though. No, I thought that it's because the Styles clash has, pushed a... has put away so many wrestlers, yeah. you know, actual legitimate wrestlers. John Cena, for example. Yeah. And uh, Shane McMahon, you know, the Terminator Shane McMahon manages to kick out. But, you know, it added to the drama. And the the crowd got into it as well, which was really good. The crowd was supporting that. They were getting behind Shane. Um, there was My major gripe with this was that um, it was the same table spot that they used on an episode of SmackDown either the week before or two weeks before where yeah. Shane had gone through the table with Styles. It was like, well, if you're going to do something like that, don't do the same thing. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. I suppose in a match like that, in my opinion, I mean, with Shane, you're always going to be limited, and unless there's a stipulation, I think you're always going to be limited in what you can do. I mean, there's two big ones of the coast to coast, and then the jump off onto the table, aren't they? So I think it's yeah. it, it's a difficult one with him. But you know, like we said, I think he, he, I think great effort from him, really, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And to be honest, you know, looking at now, I thought his match with Kevin Owens in the uh, in the cell was a really really good match as well. So maybe I'm being proved wrong. Um, but Styles wins after Shane botched a shooting star press. Shane McMahon performed a shooting star press. Yes. I mean, he missed. That doesn't happen very often. No. I mean, most most legitimate wrestlers struggle with that move. Mm. This man was... He's mid-40s. I don't know his actual age, but I know he's mid-40s. Mm. Um, but he botches that... Well, he doesn't botch. He misses it. AJ rolls out of the way. Mm. AJ hits him with a phenomenal forearm. Um I mean, anyone can jump from a high thing, but it takes genuine talent for someone to execute a shooting star press. Just ask Billy Kidman. Yes. Um, so, yeah, a, re- a really good match. One that was better than I anticipated it being and better than it had any right to be, in my opinion. But an excellent start uh, to WrestleMania. Definitely. This was followed. I was genuinely upset that this was this low on the card. Um Match two of the main card was Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the United States title. I mean, this was the best storyline of the... You know, this is going to be the best storyline of the year by an absolute mile. Mm. Uh, Of 2016, moving into 2017, I absolutely loved the dynamic between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Yeah. Yet, it was knocked down the card by that bloody Miz John Cena match. Um but can't wait to get to that one, it, it really, really annoys me. Yeah. Yeah, so. um, but you know, Kevin Owens is absolutely fantastic. One of my five top wrestlers of all time. You know, yeah. he's such. I hate using this word because it makes me sound like I'm about fifty, but he's such a badass. Mm. Um, 
And then, you know, Jericho comes down. He looks brilliant despite the fact that he's pushing, you know, mid-40s, or it feels like anyway. The huge list of Jericho as he came down. And, you know, to be able to get the word stupid idiot, a scarf, and a clipboard with a list on it, to the degree that he did, just goes to show the charisma of this man. Oh, he's incredible. I mean, yeah, I know. Absolutely. His whole career, he's been brilliant. And I think this particular run that he's had, in my opinion, has probably been, you know, I think definitely top two in terms of the runs that he's had. he, He was just phenomenal. Yeah, I was. I really enjoyed his heel run in two thousand and eight, but this this was fantastic. Yeah. You know, just everything he did turned to gold, and the dynamic he had with with Kevin Owens was just it added so much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, little tidbit: um, it was the fourteenth match WrestleMania match for Chris Jericho, which ties him in sixth with Bret Hart. Yeah. That is some going, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And uh, the top two were in action later on in the night with Triple H second and Undertaker first, I believe. Okay. Um, anyway, you know, a really, really good match. I thought both men, again, left it all in the ring. Really, really good match. The one thing, and it is a very, very small thing, I thought that Owens brought the intensity yeah. that the match should have had. You know, you've got two best friends. He utterly destroy Chris Jericho in the Festival of Friendship segment. And I'm talking, you know, I genuinely thought he'd gone too far. (laughs) Um, But in this, Jericho didn't seem to have that same ferocity, that same intensity that you'd want him to have. Mm. Um, It's almost like he thought, well, you've lost universal title to Goldberg, so that'll be enough. Yeah, And it was, you know... I can kind of see where he's coming from. He wanted to let the wrestling do the talking. And it was an excellent match. And I don't want that to take any, you know, take away anything from this match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like Jericho could have added more. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I think naturally Kevin Owens would, would always kind of outshine him on that because he makes such a great heel. And as, as you said earlier, the intensity that he brings to kind of any promo, any match that he's in is just, it's just excellent. He's genius, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree with Jericho. Yeah. I mean, I think on that in the ring, especially could have brought a little more ferociousness out, but I, I still think it was, it, it was a great match, but I think there were just a few beats away from it being a true classic. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think if it, I think it went just a touch too long. Yeah. Um, and it started to slow down in places, but there was some absolutely excellent, excellent passages of wrestling. Mm. The reversal of the frog splash into a reversal of the lion saw into the reversal of the swanton was just brilliant mm-hmm. because it kind of showed how those two had got to know each other over the you know over the the months of this storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really good move where Jericho reversed that cannonball into the walls of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Kevin Owens' ferocity, that cannonball on the apron. Good God, yeah, that looked yeah. savage. That was lethal. It looked like it really hurt. <laughs> it looked painful. Um, I really enjoyed the one finger as well on the rope that uh, stopped Owens tapping out yes. to the walls of Jericho later on, which was obviously tar- Jericho targeted the following night on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, but Owen wins with a powerbomb onto the apron, which seemed slightly anticlimactic for me anyway. Uh, I don't know how it felt for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, don't, I think I think the finish. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I did quite enjoy it. If I'm honest with you, I mean, I didn't really. 
have a problem with the whole finish. I just thought that the the only problem, like I said, the the only in really suppose issue was it was just not quite up to that kind of true classic point in terms of ferociousness and intensity. That that, that was it for me. But everything else I quite enjoyed. Yep. Yeah, can't. Yeah, good match. Very good match. Yeah. Uh, match three. What's next, Adam? Um, oh, this was great. I really enjoyed this. This was the fatal four-way elimination match for the Raw Women's Championship. Nia Jax, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, Re- another really good match. To be honest, there's very, very few poor matches mm. on this card. I will say that now um, for those people waiting for us to slag a match off, but. Um, the main, the main thing for me was why did Bailey come out first? Yeah, as the champion. Yeah, I know. I, I've I've never been to be honest with you. I've never been Bailey's biggest fan, <laughs> so I won't I won't comment on her too much. But yeah, I'm, no, don't worry. Because in my notes, I've got something about Bailey as well. So don't worry. Oh, good. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I'll... But yeah, to be honest, I thought that Charlotte is, in my opinion, a cut above. You know, Sasha just about reaches that level, but Charlotte just feels a cut above everyone else. She feels like mm. the main person in that division. And her entrance, she just walks down in that robe, the fireworks go off. You feel like you're in the presence of wrestling royalty. Yeah. Absolutely. She's just, she's brilliant, especially as a heel. Yeah. I mean, I'm not not into a face turn at the moment, but as a heel, she is fantastic. The facial expression she pulls, mm-hmm. you know, the storytelling she can do in the ring mm-hmm. and the fact that she can perform, you know, unbelievable spots off the top rope, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely fantastic. Wasn't a fan of uh, Sasha's car, I'll be honest, that she used to get down to the ring. Wasn't a fan of that, especially as they made Nia Jax walk and Charlotte <laughs> and Bailey. So explain that to me. I suppose she's the female um, boss though, isn't she? So she can have what she likes, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that must be what it is. I think that's- that must be what it is. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the ganging up on Nia. I thought that was really, really good. But I thought um, it was a bit predictable. I, I, I could see that was coming. You know, as soon as you see a fatal four-way and you've got kind of the big monster who they've been building and building on Raw since she arrived, you thought, well, she's going to be out early, you know, especially if it's elimination as well. So I thought, you know, I mean, I mean, that was coming. I could, I could see that coming from a mile off, to be honest, but fair, fair play. Yeah. To be fair, I think it was the fact that it still made Nia Jax look strong. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that they triple teamed her and she was out straight away. Mm. You know, it took a lot for them to get her out. And I thought that that, it could, if done poorly, damage her momentum. Yeah, which you don't want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with all three of them then ganging up on her, there were some really good moves. The move that eventually eliminated her, which was the double suplex mm-hmm. aided by the big boot of Charlotte, with all three then pinning her at the same time. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, really thought that was good. And then we got into, I suppose, the actual triple threat, which was uh, Sasha, Charlotte, and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um. You mentioned earlier about you've never been Bailey's biggest fan. Mm. If Bailey had not got the belt on, I would not have known that she was champion. Yeah. Nothing about her in this match painted her as a champion for me. Mm-hmm. Um she and it it seemed to be the starting of how the WWE started to book her as this child. Yeah. You know, Charlotte Charlotte Nia Jax came down to the ring and she'd be looking she almost looked like she was going to cry and it's like you're the champion Bailey <laughs> sack it up come on grow some balls 
Yeah, you yeah. you ended that stupid streak that Charlotte had. You know, come on. Yeah, you're yeah. the champion. You just struggle to take her seriously. I think you know it's, it's the way she's yeah. booked. You know, her whole gimmick. I just I just can't I can't get behind it. So for some reason it works in NXT and it was brilliant. But I think ever ever since she's I think ever since she's come up to the main roster, it's just it's just not quite clicked for me personally. No, um, I'm exactly the same. Mm. While in NXT, Bailey was. You know, for lack of a better phrase, she was the absolute dog's bollocks. Yeah. She really, really was. Mm. Then Asuka came along. She had a really good match with Asuka. She got promoted to the main roster. We all had these massive, massive hopes for her, and then it's just kind of collapsed. Yeah. You know, which unfortunately is what WWE seem to be good at at the moment <laughs> is fudging NXT call-ups. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a really, really good match. Um, Charlotte's corkscrew moonsault might have been my favourite move of the entire uh, night. Yeah, that was superb. And she hit it so perfectly as well. It was executed to perfection. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, she she embodied that heel persona so well. Mm. You know, using the turnbuckle, targeting Bailey's knee, mm-hmm. uh, that um, where Bailey was in the tree of woe, um, you know, that led to the finish. She just, she dominated that match. Yeah. If she'd have walked out champion, I wouldn't have been upset about that no um, I would have liked as it to turns seen, out I would have liked to have seen Charlotte and Banks in the final two not Charlotte Bailey I think when Banks got eliminated I think it just sucked the energy out of the match a little bit but I still think they performed really well it came out of nowhere a bit Sasha's elimination I thought yeah yeah I agree Um, but and again I don't want people to think I'm nitpicking with the last elimination which obviously was Charlotte for Bailey to retain Um. What was supposed to have happened was that Bailey was in the tree of woe. As Charlotte runs at her to spear her, she lifts up and Charlotte's supposed to hit the exposed turnbuckle. Actually watching the match, that's not clear at all. Hmm. I mean, she goes to hit the spear and it just looks like she kind of hits Bailey a bit and then rolls away. Because I rewound it again and I was like, she hasn't hit the turnbuckle there at all. She's nowhere near it. Hmm. Which... I don't know whether that would have translated to the people of Orlando who watched it. I don't know. I mean, were you were you at WrestleMania? I was there this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, no, you a little uh, bit. I wouldn't have noticed that. No, and you know that's that's just it. That is me being nitpicky, I think. But it was just a case of you know that was the thing that eliminated Charlotte. But you know, ultimately, a really really good match. Bailey hits after it in the Macho Man shot uh, shoulder, the Macho Man elbow, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and retains the championship and goes on to be a fantastic competitor who people are still behind. Yeah. Again. <laughs> massive sarcasm. <laughs> um, next match, we have Enzo and Cass, The Club, Sheamus and Cesaro, and The Hardy Boys. This was such a fun match. Oh, it was... I really, really enjoyed this match. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my highlights of the card, if I'm honest with you, out of the, the whole show, definitely. Yeah. I mean... Aside from the Hardy Boys returning, which in itself, you know, 11 years or 7 years or whatever it was of nostalgia just bubbling up as you heard their theme tune. Oh, And the thing is, it wasn't really expected, was it? I mean, I know there was talkings of it, but as far as I was concerned, they were still signed with um, Ring of Honor. I didn't even know they were going to be there. So it was massive, massive pop when they came out. It was was massive. It's huge. I mean, I will say this as well. Um kind of in here because I feel it's appropriate the New Day um, you know they were Wrestlemania hosts Mm. 
when they were announced as WrestleMania hosts, I was terrified that we were going to have skits every sing- between every single match yeah. and they would get extremely boring. I thought they played it very, very well. Yeah. I mean, I think this might have been the only time we saw them, you know, aside from the start of the main card. This was the only time we saw them. I think they did appear again later just to announce the, rec- the, the, the I think the attendance record, but that was it. Ah, well, there you go. Three appearances, but but they were they were time right. They weren't too long. You know, they were. Yeah, I mean, they did really good. And as you said, I mean, I think the way that they announced the Hardy Boys entrance here was brilliant because there was a small tease that it might be them as well that they dropped in there when they were announcing it. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, when when the music hit, it was yeah, it was magic. There was all that, but I can Im- I can only begin to imagine because I watched it again, and it must be the seventh eighth time i've watched the hardy boys return and it still sends goosebumps down my arm yeah you know it'll be interesting to see as well whether cole knew that they were coming back because either his acting has improved exponentially (laughs) or half of the commentary team did know they were coming back and half the commentary team didn't because Corey graves genuinely seemed like he had no idea they were coming back yeah yeah he did he did um, but you know, a fantastic match. The entrances starting off with Enzo and Cass. God, I miss them as a tag team. Mm. Yeah, oh. I do. I mean, I mean, if, I think, the, I mean if the Hardys hadn't won, I'd have wanted Enzo and Cass to win just for the pop they got at the start. Yeah, especially Big Cass. I mean, he, he, he'd put a real good show there. I think when he was coming out, you know, the crowd were really behind it, and um, they never actually won the tag team championships in the end, did they? When they were together. They've never won. No, didn't win it in NXT either. No, I thought they would have done, but there we go. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, like you say, Cass had a fantastic showing throughout the match as well. Yeah. You know, um, and obviously, I know that Vince likes big dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps this was kind of the start of seeing how people would take him as a singles competitor because obviously he had this, uh, the heel turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's injured at the moment, which is a shame, but maybe he'll come back and people will like him more. Yeah. Um, I miss Gallows and Anderson being built as a dominant force because, yeah. Lord, no, I genuinely forgot. This is how sad it is now. I genuinely forgot the club's entrance theme because they are so often given the jobber entrance on Raw. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're not having the best of times, are they, really? Especially this year. It's, it's They've just been a bit flat. When they come out, it's just all a bit of a snooze fest, isn't it? But it's such a shame because I, I do like the club. I love Gallows and Anderson. I think, you know, if, if used correctly, you know, they could be brilliant. But yeah, absolutely. The WWE's failing on them a bit right now, which is a shame. They mentioned there's only three tag teams in history to hold the WWE champion, Tag Team Championships and the IWGP yep. Tag Team Championships. And they are Gallows and Anderson, the Dudley Boys and the Steiners. Yeah. So it's not like they are not a good tag team. It's not like the WWE aren't aware of how good they can be. Mm. It just seems like they've really, really dropped the ball on them. Um, but then, obviously, Sheamus and Cesaro come down, and then we have the massive Hardys pop, which is that kind of reaction. Just It follows through the entire match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does build into just this fantastic atmosphere throughout the match. Yeah, I mean, and, I think even at the beginning, after all the entrances were done... And you know all the music came off, and you could just hear the crowd when all, when they were all standing in the ring before the bell had even rung. Just just the energy was just you know immeasurable. Yeah, it was it, the entire match was brilliant. You know you got the 
standard spots, you know, using ladders. The Hardys, you know, we had all the Hardys moves again. We had Whisper in the Wind, we had Poetry in Motion, we had Twist of Fate. Mm -hmm. We had that fantastic Twist of Fate from the top of the ladder. We had Jeff hitting a Swanton Bomb from the top of the ladder. Stuff that we knew was going to happen because it's the Hardys in a ladder match. But even so, it's still an amazing thing. And like you said, even though all the teams had a good showing, there was no team in that match that did not have a good showing or felt like the weak link. No. Uh, Gallows and Anderson looked strong. Big Cass looked brilliant. Um, Enzo didn't really do a lot apart from being ping-ponged by the other teams. <laughs> and uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. I mean, from obscurity, it seems, Cesaro and Sheamus, you know, they've come through to be one of my favourite teams in the WWE. Yeah. So yeah. that's testament to them. Um, Definitely. You know, Sheamus, who is, I've used this phrase before, he is a black hole of charisma. Mm. Um, you know, he's really kind of taken this tag team role on. And that kind of showed throughout this match as well. But, sure enough, Matt Hardy pulls down the belts and the Hardys are your Raw Tag Team Champions. Once again, to, I would say, the biggest pop of the night by an absolute country mile. Bar their return, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say their biggest pop by an absolute mile of the night. Yeah. So, another really, really good match. A really good match. I'll let you introduce the next one, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the Miz and Maurice against Cena and Bella. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, The only thing that I've got to say about this is the vignettes um, that the Miz and Maurice did, you know, the Lost Total Bellas episodes, which were brilliant, thought they were really good. Um, they portrayed John and Nikki as being a very showbiz couple. You know, everything was done for the cameras. Mm-hmm. And then John and Nikki win, and John proposes to Nikki in front of the cameras at WrestleMania in front of however many thousand people, completely proving Miz and Maurice right. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there going, I don't I don't understand I don't understand this. Mm. Um, but the match was very by the numbers um, although it seemed at one point that Miz had turned from heel to face because the crowd were just absolutely loving him yeah. absolutely loving them some Miz yeah. um, Maurice didn't really do a lot apart from slap John Cena um, it just it seemed like a very a match simply to boost egos and to get over total bellers. Yeah, it was it was all very underwhelming the whole thing really. But I mean, I thought yeah. that I, I did think that you know the initial build that they had on kind of SmackDown, probably the last two weeks rolling into it, I thought that the kind of you know blurred lines between you know what was real and what wasn't. You know when they were a bit like how you saw it with Cena and Reigns recently, but Cena became a bit more reality based. So we talked more about you know kind of why. You know, he hasn't been main eventing WrestleMania for the past five years and stuff like that, you know, proving Miz wrong in that sense. I thought that kind of really brought home, you know, to especially some of the more fans that are on the internet, you know, kind of brought them a bit closer to Cena, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it, I thought that was good. But, yeah, I thought the match itself was just, yeah, after 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 a half-decent build, I thought it was just highly, highly underwhelming, really. Yeah, and especially as it followed cringe. the tag match. Cringe, <laughs> <laughs> cringe. Cringe. Um, yeah, you know, you're following the Hardys' return with, with that. I suppose they're trying to get that, you know, that, that good feeling, and they want it, you know, for John Cena and Nikki's engagement. And obviously, wish them nothing but the best. But it felt very 
contrived. Yeah. Um, next, we had the unsanctioned match between Rollins and Triple H with Stephanie McMahon. Seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes Triple H's entrance lasted. Oh, it was incredible, um, wasn't it? <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he looked, again, abs- he looked brilliant. Mm. Um, Stephanie had the same look of that she can smell dog poo but she doesn't know where it's coming from on her face the entire match they didn't change the entire match um, but it was it was something special as it always is when Triple H makes a Wrestlemania entrance Definitely. what's the, um, the favourite Triple H entrance at Wrestlemania oh, sorry just throwing it off the cuff no I must uh, I did appreciate the Terminator one yeah, that's what, yeah I thought the Terminator one. one just for yeah what about yours? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. They won at 31 against Sting. I thought that was just, uh, yeah, that was something else. <laughs> yeah, especially as Sting's was fairly underwhelming because it was just the Japanese drums, wasn't he it? He just walked out some drums. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, and then Triple H is like, you know, come out in full Terminator gear. You've got Terminator coming out the floor and you could just see Sting in the ring and, oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd known that, I'd have done something better than just bloody drums. Um, well, that's why but I must admit... <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Dad, this is what I want to go out to WrestleMania. You can have what you want, Hunter. Um, I'll be honest, though, no matter how good I thought Triple H's entrance was, mm. Rollins's was better. Mm. That thing with the flame, I thought was really good. Yeah, Cheap it might have been, and simple it might have been. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Um, and, um, well, what did you feel about this match in general? Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought, especially towards the end. Um, I mean, I've never. I mean, I think if I'm be honest about it, with Triple H, I don't think now. I mean, look, he's nothing special in the ring anymore. I mean, yes, he's very smooth. You can still call him a ring general, but I thought that you know the actual match, you know, kind of in in, in the midpoint was a little bit flat at times. But I thought as it got towards the end and the conclusion of it, I thought it was good storytelling more than kind of in ring action, if you know what I mean. But I thought, I yeah. thought overall it was good. Definitely. Yeah, it was... I completely agree. I thought it started well, it ended well, but that middle period, mm. it there was a big lull. Um, I appreciated the storyline of the entire, you know, of the entire match, you know, that um, Triple H was targeting Rollins' knee. I thought Rollins deserved an act, you know, an Oscar for his acting when he got hit on the knee. Good God, especially when the t- the uh, the chair was put on his knee yeah. and Triple H fell on it. Mm. You know, there are Oscar films that have been less well acted <laughs> than uh, Seth Rollins uh, there, but you know, it was it was a good match. I don't know whether I expected a bit more similar to the. Owens Jericho, I expected a bit more ferocity. Mm. You know, this is a match that had been built up for so long, for so long, and then, you know, some people thought it might not happen because of Rollins' injury. And uh, it was just, I don't know. I, it was a good match, mm. and. It was okay. I, it was okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> I felt like it could have been better. I think that's my problem. Yeah. Um. You know, buckle bomb from Rollins, and he wins. I don't think that was ever in. Mm-hmm. real question the fact that Rollins would win this match yeah. um, that's kind of swept that under the rug and we moved on to new storylines which was good mm-hmm. um, Stephanie McMahon went through a table um, you know, and I hope she's okay because she still hasn't been on telly since that happened no. um, apart from to confront uh, Kevin Owens on Smackdown oh, yeah. which 
was peculiar. Yeah. Um, so that kind of ruined kayfabe slightly, but uh, yeah, you know, and all, it was, it was all right. It was all right, and uh, you know, a pedigree from Rollins kind of added a bit more, kind of stank to it as well. Yeah. And then, oh god, oh no, <laughs> oh. What have we got next, Adam? We've got the WWE Championship match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Now, what oh. on earth was going on here? <laughs> right, I have waited for years for Bray Wyatt to hold this title. Oh, totally, I've waited yeah. Yeah. for so long for Bray Wyatt to get this title because he is criminally underused. Mm. Um, the Elimination Chamber match where he won the title was a really, really good match. He looked dominant. Yeah. Good which win. was amazing. The you know sister Abigail was booked like oh, it, was, it was like the F five. You yeah. know, no one was kicking out of that. You know, he'd beaten Cena, he'd beaten AJ Styles, and walking into this, you know, I, I couldn't see Randy Orton walking away with the title because why would you put the title on boring face Orton? Mm. Sure enough, uh, eleven minutes later, Randy Orton walks out, the new WWE champion. And it was the worst match of the night. It was, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the whole kind of supernatural elements were just a little bit weird. Did you not think? I mean, I mean, all that stuff in the ring. <laughs> I mean, you know, with, with the lighting down, like the worms. I mean, all that stuff. It's just all a bit odd. I mean, Bray Wyatt, in my opinion, is it's he, just he is fantastic. You know, kind of when he's doing his promos, he's brilliant. But you know, he, I mean, I think as you said, they're just letting him down a little bit. Especially in you know with his bookie and he's had the other title for one month from the chamber to here, and I wanted it to be lengthy, but yeah, I totally disagree with giving it back to Wharton at that point. Definitely, the fact that he hasn't had his rematch yet kind of annoys me as well. I mean, as you might guess, Bray Wyatt's my favourite wrestler, yeah. which you know is an interesting choice, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's this match was completely undeserving of. A, you know the label of a WWE Championship match. Yeah, and it devalues um, the Royal Rumble. I mean, this guy, I mean, Randy Orton won the yeah. Royal Rumble to get this match, and this is, you know, it's not, you know, it's, you couldn't really call it a sub-main event, really, could you? I mean, on on this card, you know, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't think WWE did this one justice at all. To be honest with you, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, we've got the weird Year Ten Media Studies kind of thing on the ground with the beetles and cockroaches which yeah why just have a good match yeah it's not like bray wyatt can't go in the ring it's not like randy orton when he's motivated can't go in the ring but no it was just a case of rko and win Mm. um you know as i said the sister abigail up to this match had been booked like the f5 no one was kicking out of it yet randy orton kicks out at two yeah rko and a win um and again What's that led into? You know, we've had Jinder Bloody Mahal as the champion for 160 odd days. I was tell, I was saying to that, I was saying this on a on another podcast. Mm. Jinder Mahal's title reign now yeah. has eclipsed the title reigns of these three people. You ready? Go on. Eddie Guerrero. Oh. The Rock. Oh wow. And Ric Flair. Jesus. <laughs> Cumulatively, he's had a longer reign than those three men. That's madness. What's going on? So we 
So WWE would like us to talk in the same way about Jinder Mahal as we talk about the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yeah, good luck with that one, WWE. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really, really disappointing match. Um, but there we are. Bray Wyatt never really recovered from that when we're in. None. You know, October, nearly in November, he hasn't recovered. He's now walking around as a transvestite with a towel on his head. So. <laughs> Let's you know, see what happens with There him. you go. Yeah, well, thank God that TLC match didn't happen. Yeah. Um anyway, we move on to the Universal Championship match uh between Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, and what a build up and what a feud this had been. Yeah. Um I've I was really worried when Goldberg and I actually did a blog entry on the website um regarding this about whether we would want to see Goldberg versus Lesnar again after the catastrophe that was WrestleMania 20 mm. um and whether you know both men would be motivated especially Goldberg mm. because Brock Lesnar had been away he'd been with the Minnesota Vikings he'd been fighting with the UFC and he had come back to wrestling Goldberg had pretty much completely distanced himself from the sport distanced himself from anything to do with the WWE mm. you know had spoken quite publicly about how much he hated Vince mm. and uh, suddenly he was on the front you know he was the pre-order bonus on the WWE game and he's back in the fold it was just I don't know whether I thought it was going to be a good feud but lo and behold it was it was brilliant yeah yeah and Go- um, I think Goldberg looked phenomenal as well considering how long he'd been away from the ring I mean he looked like Goldberg that we saw you know 11-12 years ago he literally looked like the same guy you know so it was uh, yeah. apart from the grey beard well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if the worst you can say at fifty is that you have a slightly grey beard, yeah. he's doing all right for himself because he right. looked like <laughs> he looked like a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, a million bucks, didn't he? He did. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, yes, we knew that Brock Lesnar was going to win this. Yeah. You know, there was no way that Goldberg was going to win it again. Mm. Um, though they did a good job of it. Actually, similar with Nia Jax, they did a lot. You know, a very good job of making Goldberg look strong in defeat. Mm. It took 10 German suplexes to keep him down. You know, then the F5 and he got the pinfall. It was only a five-minute match, mm-hmm. but that was all it needed to be. Oh, totally. Any longer, mm. and similar to the Omis Jericho, that went slightly too long. Mm-hmm. This went the right amount of time. Any longer, it had ruined it because you've got um, the kind of 16 seconds or what was it, 126 seconds it took Goldberg to beat Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, something like that. Yeah. Um, You know, these two specialise in short, punchy matches, Mm -hmm. and it just, it would have been weird if they put on a 30-minute wrestling clinic. Yeah. Um, But, obviously, Goldberg said his goodbyes on Raw and hasn't been seen since. Brock Lesnar is still a universal champion, destined to lose it at WrestleMania 34 to Roman Reigns, (laughs) to wild fanfare, I imagine. Um, speaking of Roman Reigns, we move on now. Oh, no, we don't. Sorry, we've got one more match, yeah, which but... goes to show what I thought of this match. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually missed out from my notes entirely. Yeah. Uh, what have we got next, Adam? We've got the six-pack challenge for the, the SmackDown Women's Championship. So it was Bliss, James, Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, and Natalia. With James yeah. Ellsworth involved somewhere. Yep, he was. He was there. He was certainly there. He got his uh, WrestleMania moment somehow. Um, <laughs> it was, again, it was a very underwhelming match. It seemed 
it seemed to be the same formula that SmackDown have had consistently with their women's division, which is just throw everyone into a ring and just go, look, we've got women. Yeah. Which I mean, I is... Think, I mean, to be fair to them, I, mean, I think they, they fell victim to the schedule here, you know, because I think they just wanted to clearly, you know, just get this match in and out as quickly as possible. Um, because, you know, if you actually look at how long the match was, the spots they had during it, 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 it just felt rushed. You know, they wanted to get onto Reigns and take her as quickly as possible, I think, at this point. I think they were running behind. Yeah. Six minutes the entire match. Yeah, yeah. So You know, six minutes for a six-pack challenge, that's that's not enough. No. Um, and, you know, I can understand what the WWE were doing by putting this as high as it was because they wanted that kind of break between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and Roman Reigns and Undertaker. Mm-hmm. But this should never in a million years have been this high on the card. Yeah. Because... Five hours and ten minutes was how long the the WWE Network version of WrestleMania 33 was. Mm. So, you know, the crowd were exhausted by this point. Bearing in mind that the pre-show was two and a half hours. Yes, yeah. Three matches on the pre-show. So the crowd were exhausted. Mm. And then you're asking them to care about this, which no one did. I mean, all women had, you know their little moment you've got Natalia looking in the sharpshooter mm-hmm. uh, Becky Lynch looking like looking well brilliant really as she always does think Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is criminally underused yeah uh, Mickey James at the Mickey DT um, it was you know it was standard six pack challenge but eventually Naomi won mm. which I think everyone everyone expected her to do once uh, it was leaked that she was cleared to wrestle yeah um, yeah so that led us on to oh go on sorry oh, were you going to say something yeah no, I was going to say that but I think even though Naomi won I still think Alexa Bliss is arguably you know probably one of the best or has been one of the best women's champions in a long time I think she's carried the belt brilliantly just to throw that in there <laughs> <laughs> no I agree wholeheartedly um, I said on a previous podcast about how a match versus Mickey James mm. at TLC was a lot better than it should have been. Yeah. And I think that's because Alexa has improved in the ring because she's never struggled on the mic. No. You know, her promo game's always been fairly strong, but there have been occasions where she's been found wanting in the ring. Mm. Um, you know, but she has there's been clear improvement throughout her title reign. You know, when she was SmackDown women's champion, when she's been Raw Women's Champion, there's been a clear improvement throughout. Mm. So, you know, she's done very, very well. Um and when she loses it to Asuka you know, it's going to be a shame, but she'll be absolutely fine, I imagine, because she is excellent, really. Yeah, they went hurt. She really is. Yeah. Um, I wish the feud between her and Mickey James hadn't been built on her bottom, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there you go. I suppose you can't have everything in life. Uh, and finally, we move on to the main event, Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker in a no-holds-barred match. Mm. This was a strange one. I really, I really, really, really wanted this match to be really good, if you know what I mean. It was one that I was praying was going to be, like, excellent, just like a wrestling classic, yeah, like an Undertaker versus yeah. Shawn Michaels, like a, but it, it's just a shame, it was just, I thought, I mean, by the end of the match, I didn't really care about the match, I was just more in, interested in Undertaker at that point, but I think... Just based on what this match was actually all about, it was kind of Reigns' time, wasn't it? This was his biggest match of his career. It was just a shame that it just didn't quite hit the right notes. I think, and this is obviously no disrespect to The Undertaker, the man is an absolute icon in the WWE, but he's been going 
perhaps three years too long at this point. Yeah. Uh, because you look um, at his loss at WrestleMania 30, Brock Lesnar, he could have physically really, really hurt The Undertaker. I mean, he left with concussion as it was. Mm. You know, but it looked, it was uncomfortable to watch at times. Yeah. Um, his match with Bray Wyatt was extremely underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that could have been a passing of the torch, but it wasn't. Um, his match at WrestleMania 32 with Shane was one spot and then a lot of nothingness. And then there was this where it genuinely looked like he was going to struggle to get through the match. Yeah. Um, and Roman, for his faults, tried everything, but he is not good enough in the ring to carry someone to a good match. Yeah, yeah. And it was a real shame. I think it kind of... When I'm watching a match, and if, if I feel uncomfortable watching a match, then that's not not good, obviously, I suppose, for anybody. I think especially the spot where they tried to do the reverse tombstone, so I think take a oh, picture of Reigns went over and tried to carry him, and then dropped him, effectively, didn't he? So I think yeah. they just reverted to a Superman punch. Yeah, that was uncomfortable, but... You know, it's, it's Undertaker, though. You can't hate him, can you? <laughs> well, no, absolutely not. If you look at what the man's... Yeah. You know, what the man's provided, you can't possibly, you know, say, well, you know, you've been going too long. You've got to look at him and go, Fair you place. deserve everything. Yeah. You know, mm. you've been an absolute icon for, mm. you know, 25 years or however long it's been. You've been brilliant. Suppose, it's just a shame that... But, but, but I suppose if you look at the bigger picture of it, I mean, what this match has done for Reigns, you know, that's really what it's all about. I mean, he's now, you know, I mean, the next night when he came out on Raw after this match, you know, the, oh. the reaction he got, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Just shows you yeah. what, it shows you what Taker's done for him there. It does. And that's good to see that Taker is still putting over, mm. um, you know, younger talent as you know he would do at his age you know he's got nothing to gain from crushing younger talent mm-hmm. um but i similar to you i wanted this to be like taker versus triple h at 28 yeah you know with Shawn michaels as the guest referee you know that kind of match mm. but i suppose with Taker's age as well you've got to take that into account like you mentioned the tombstone spot that was botched mm. Um, there was a Hell's Gate spot, but that was applied in the wrong way. And mm. um, there was a power bomb from Reigns that looked, it looked bad. Mm. Um, but you know, Reigns won after what felt like about fifty-six spears, <laughs> which I suppose in his retirement match is the least you could do for the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, I just wanted or just felt that Reigns could have gone heel in this. Yeah. You know, because he was never, ever, ever going to be face against The Undertaker. No. Similar to uh, John Cena versus Rob Van Dam mm. at ECW One Night Stand, where the crowd turned John Cena heel yeah. because there was no way he was going to be face. No, that was a riot. Oh, my God. Oh, my life. Yeah, it could have been... Yeah, just think about that, Roman Reigns. It could be worse. Um, but like you say, the reaction you got on Raw, but the way Reigns handled it as well. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. just you know, just a couple of words. This is my yard now. Drop the mic and left. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Mm. And to, if you'd have had Roman Reigns go as full heel then, even for six months, and then turn in face again, I think he'd have got a better reaction. Mm. Now we've just... we've reformed the shield in my opinion far too early you know they've only not been a faction for three years 
um, you know, ju- just to try and get Reigns cheered at 34. But that's not going to happen because the Shield, supposedly, if you look at the WWE rumours, that's not even going to be the case because De- uh, Seth and Dean are going to be fighting at WrestleMania 34. Yeah. I think it'll keep... I mean, they'll keep that running until the Rumble, I think. And then things will change. Mm. But... Yeah, it's interesting one. It was, you know, it was a good send off for Taker as well. You know, I think the the end of Mania when he kind of went down into the entrance ramp, and then you heard the gongs, and then that was it. I thought that was just a way of, you know, he's, it's it's obviously over for Taker. Do you, do you think we'll see him again, or do you think do you think he's done? I hope not. Yeah. Um, to be perfectly honest, I feel that that was the best way for Taker to leave yeah. at WrestleMania, which you know is so synonymous with the Undertaker now. Mm. Um, you know the way he put his hat and his jacket in the ring, you know, he broke kayfabe, went and kissed his wife, mm-hmm. you know, and then sank into the ring. There's no way you can emulate that, yeah. you know, for a second retirement. No. You know, he's not Ric Flair. He can't keep retiring. He's not Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, Just going back to the women's match, when Charlotte came down, um, I think it was Cole said, uh, yeah, and this is the robe that Ric Flair... Wore it his retirement match at WrestleMania 24. I was like, mm, it wasn't his retirement match, though, was it? Because he fought in TNA. Yeah, it was yeah. god awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an it was an excellent match. Um, in the respect that, you know, what it has bought on, it wasn't great in ring, by any stretch of the imagination. It certainly wasn't one of the main events that will last, you know, live long in the memory wrestling wise mm-hmm. but like I say for what it's done to Reigns for the send off it gave Undertaker mm-hmm. it's certainly memorable for that definitely definitely. I felt the whole kind of pay-per-view was very much kind of out with the old and in with the new if you know what I mean so you had like you know, Rollins going over Triple H Reigns over Taker you know even I suppose well Styles over Shane Shane's very old school as well but you know Shane would go down to anybody <laughs> but yeah I just felt that was the whole kind of theme of the night minus the Hardy Boys of course <laughs> oh good grief the Hardy Boys yeah. but do you know what the Hardy Boys yes that was pop of the night that was moment of the night yeah. by an absolute country mile yeah. uh, Undertaker's retirement as well but genuinely if you watch the tag match um, the uh, the one with the Hardys return and it looks like Enzo is going to grab the belts the crowd the noise of the crowd swelling it would have been fantastic if Enzo and Acasa had won it as well. But <laughs> I'm glad the Hardys did. You know, yes. once the Hardys came back, it was never in any doubt that they were going to come back and do the job for someone, was it? No, um, definitely not. But overall, a really, really good pay for you. An excellent one to choose for the first one. Well done, Adam. Um, if you had to give it a rating out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it a very, very strong 8. Yeah, I was going to say 7.5, so that works for me. Um you know, there were so many different storylines going in. Um, it's probably the most I've looked forward to a Mania in a good couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, probably since WrestleMania 30. Yep. Um, so, yeah, a really, really good, really good WrestleMania. So, you chose this one. Uh, it's now my turn to decide on a pay-per-view we're going to watch. Is that all right for you? Yeah, totally fine. Go for it, Rob. Okay. So, next week, um, the, my reasons for choosing this pay-per-view are twofold. Uh, we've seen the Reformation of the Shield and it is Survivor Series approaching. And, of course, where did the Shield debut? Survivor Series. So, next week, we are going to review Survivor Series 2012. Are you up for that? Yeah, sounds good. 
fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That's all we've got time for. We have reviewed WrestleMania 33. If you've got any ideas for us to review, please let us know via comments, Facebook, Twitter. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WAM Podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Wrestling and More Blog. Check out the website, www.wrestlingandmoreblog.weebly.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. But for now, it's goodbye from me and Adam. And we'll speak to you guys soon.